finest. Ideas of like permaculture and interplanting. The hope that your plants then start to bring in this better biology and start to thrive and exchange nutrients between them and create a more robust um, ecosystem. <laughs> but you're still kind of hoping you get the right biology by planting more. And what I want to introduce today and kind of expand upon is the natural farming paradigm of <coughs> intentionally seeding the best biology into the soil, paying attention to what's happening down below the surface and putting the best guys there so that they can provide ecosystems so that our roots can thrive, so there's moisture, so the nutrients are taken up, they're cycling in the soil, and how we can do that um, was because I've seen it happen um, here in Korea with Master Cho. And he's developed a system where he goes in and he cultures the best living soil biology. And then when you throw your seeds down, instead of struggling in a medium that they don't want to thrive in, they're just ready to sprout and ready to be abundant. I have 
and then I have the nematodes <laughs> to eat these guys and produce the NPK for your plants to go. And these are the three tiers of the soil food web, bacteria, fungus, and then nematodes. And I'm primarily going to focus on the fungus aspect of it. Um, this, these are bacteria here under a microscope. So when I look through that microscope and I take a soil sample and I dilute one to five, this is what I'll see. And these little guys, these tiny little things, are bacteria. And they are what stores your NPK and your fertilizers in like bodies, like their bodies. Just like we're full of NPK and I'm full of minerals. When you have life in your soil, all the minerals are now tied up in these organic life forms hanging out in there. And they glue, they glue to each other, they glue in these big balls around some, some sort of mineral or humic acid, and they excrete little acids out and dissolve that so they can build themselves from the soil. Um, and then the plant will exude different. Um, the plant is exuding sugars into the soil to feed these guys. So these guys tend to concentrate around the roots where the plant is feeding them from, from the sunlight. And the plant will change what sugars it's putting out to alter its bacterial populations. So say the plant needs more potassium, it'll output uh, a sugar that that bacteria that can dissolve potassium will start to um, grow because it has lots of food, so it'll dissolve more potassium because the plant wants that. And then you'll have that now fixed in the soil. So by changing the sugars, the plant can change which bacteria is going to dissolve which mineral in its root zone. Um, but plants are more closely related to fungus than to bacteria, and so that's why they're most important in your soil and as a natural farmer, because plants need high-tech things, or they need um, electric and water and air lines, you know, compaction. If your plant can't breathe, um, your, it's up, your plant starts to suffer, so you know they need air in the soil. And fungus is what happens, or what builds that structure in your soil. So it takes the bacteria, which is the building materials, and forms them in pipelines, or electric lines, or water lines, and runs that down to your plants. And every plant they study has beneficial fungus actually within the plant. So they're taking the plant and slicing it open and finding the DNA, they always find this fungus in there, and we thought it was contamination, but turns out it's actually in the plant. And so within your plant itself, there's beneficial fungus. And that's what enables your plant to join with this other beneficial fungus in the soil, because it's inside the plant that can join, um, it's like connecting tubes to each other, and it can extend your root system like millions of miles. These fungus, these water lines and air lines, As your soil gets healthier, these blobs start to get um, bigger. There, there's a fungus right there. Right? So, just one, two here. Um, and 
So it builds these larger aggregates, and that enables larger lichen to start moving through the soil. It makes it easier for the root hairs and root tips to go through the soil as the fungus takes building material and creates a like room like this for the root to move through And when I'm talking about beneficial fungus, I'm particularly talking about identifying the microscope and seed. Because we all know there's good fungus, there's bad fungus. But in this case, I can see good fungus in the soil. And when I see a lot of good fungus, there's typically not bad fungus around. And just scientifically, I'm looking for you know greater than three micrometers in width, really dark brown color. And then I'm also looking for the right amount when I'm looking for my soil sample. Let's see, do I have enough of these guys in there? How much is there relatively in the soil? Um, and then the third tier is again nematodes. And so typically when we think nematodes, we think bad guys. But um, four out of five multicellular animals are nematodes. So if you think of all the animals around that have many cells, four, four out of five of those are a nematode. So they're really, really abundant. And the ones that are root, not nematodes, are just basically out of balance. You have nematodes everywhere, but you gotta keep them in a, in a balance. And um, the, the fungus will naturally keep your nematodes in a balance. Um, and the reason nematodes are important is because now you've got all these nice air lines and water lines along through your soil, all this building material, but it's, it's almost frozen. Your plant is like, I live in this place with no food. And what the nematodes do is they come near the root zone and they say, wow, look at this concentration of bacteria. And they start munching on them. But they're so rich that then their excrement becomes the NPK for your tree to uptake. Because now it's in an inorganic form. They transform it to inorganic. Now it's soluble. It takes it up, breaking the root zone from the nematodes going through and eating the fungus, the bacteria, other nematodes, which happen to be concentrated around the roots where they're getting sugar from the sun. And they're all happy there, making a better soil as that light starts to aerate, create more moisture in. Um, and all this light by making a better soil is that essentially, if I look at a soil sample, this says bacteria here, this says fungus here. But if I look at a typical soil sample, what I'll see is primarily bacteria and no fungus. And if you look what happens there, what plants grow in that environment is weeds. But if I go into a forest that's really well developed and like um, has been collecting leaf litter for a long time. I'm going to find a relationship of about 500 bacteria to 800 fungus. And this is by, by weight of measuring them, um, looking through the microscope. <coughs> so, what it makes me believe is trees naturally want to grow in a relationship like this, where they have. More, a little bit more fungus than bacteria, and weeds naturally want to grow in an environment where there's no fungus and there's only a little bit of bacteria. 
paradigm, I can use the natural farming paradigm of actually seeding my soil with, um, with this biology to jumpstart me. So instead of trying to plant magnet trees in this biology where I have a soil that only has bacteria and no fungus, and I plant my mat nuts, and everything else that sprouts up is this nasty grass around it, I plant it in here with, with this type of soil, and my magnet thrives, and other grasses are like, well, I want to grow in an environment like this, so they, they don't even appear there, and you get um, basically no weeds forming under your trees and around your trees, or no grass weeds at least. And so that's what this is all about here, is the animal core is these fungal spores. And that a lot of other composting processes or things will get you pieces of fungus into your environment. But really, what this natural farming and especially chose IML4 is, is a specific four-step process to concentrate those spores so you can um, jumpstart yourself along that relationship more. Fungus in your environment. And the way it's done simply is go <coughs> into an environment that already has that relationship. So if you went into a mat nut orchard that's already thriving from living naturally, or a forest that's already thriving naturally, and you soil sample and you find it has the bacteria fungus ratio of you know, 500, 800, what you're looking for, and you grab those microbes then you can bolt them up. And this is a picture of um, the Trump's farm here doing IMO on a large scale. So that it actually is practical right now to you know, grow these microbes that you collected in this perfect environment and then grow it on a scale that you could get it out to your orchard. Also, natural farming, we feed the microbes after we put them out to establish that fungus to get it into the soil. And this can be done on a commercial level again with like Mr. Squares, where you can hit hundreds of acres really quickly. And if you're interested in the price of what it costs to get your environment naturally up, jumpstart and kickstart your soil to get that biology in there so that you're attracting trees instead of weeds. This is roughly what we're estimating the cost right now. Um, the numbers are getting more precise as we do um, more. If you have a phone, you can scan this and actually see the spreadsheet or write down this URL and check this out. If you want more details on that. And this here, this is to follow the regimen like by the book. If you did this, you could, you know, it would be like perfectly natural farmer along with show global type of ideas. There's lots of ways to integrate these ideas in in a way that can immediately see the benefits in your soil by by learning about natural farming, learning about the biology, learning how you can align with it. And what do you get for all that? Um, 
This is a picture that Chris Trump sent me of his orchard that this has been doing match nuts for three years. And they really, he said he hasn't been mowing this, this um, row very much. And there's next to no um, grass and weeds under it anymore, like it used to be, because that relationship shifting and the grass doesn't want to be there, plus the shade from the canopy. One of his coolest things he said is trees that he thought were dead are starting to regrow from the inside out. He said a lot of times he'll juice an old tree and it'll shoot new growth on its tips, but he's never seen a tree grow from its inside out. And by treating it with these natural farming methods around a tree, it's starting to now regrow from the inside out. Um, trees that were hit by a mower and the bark was nicked off um, are now starting to regrow the bark around and coming back to life. Um, the nuts I saw there were just dripping, like the whole column. I've never seen more nuts on a hat. Unless all of the flowers could get pollinated. Um, but just amazing nuts. Um, he, he hasn't produced uh, harvest data yet, um, but he says it's um, on par with what he was doing before. Um, the coolest thing is that you don't have to use poisons. Um, I do this with my kids at Kalanano at school, these same methods. Um, they frequently spill stuff and it's totally cool. Um, no, no. Um, your fertility increases over time. As you get that more rich soil biology start to grow, and as that soil food web of the bacteria, fungus, and nematodes start to cycle more and more each year and get deeper and deeper and deeper, the less work you have to do. Mm. Your nuts will be great and big, and your soil will be 10 feet thick, thick that you can travel <laughs> far through with no effort. And that's why I saw in Korea. I don't know about the rock and coma. <laughs> yeah, you don't drop anything in there.
always thought that nematodes were, were not beneficial to the soil. But after listening to you, Drake, I understand that nematodes can help the soil around your magnolia trees. So how do you cultivate that? Can you repeat the question? So the idea that nematodes are beneficial and how do we help them stay in a good balanced population on the trees. And the key to that is in a natural system, the fungus balances the nematode population by they'll, they'll snare them. If there's too many of them, they'll snare them. So if fungus is present, they'll manage the population. So the, the IMO number four puts the, makes the fungus present and naturally manage. Those of us who are farming both coffee and magnets are now fighting the CBB with Bavaria uh, bassiniana, the fungus. Now, can we combine the natural farming spraying with the Bavaria bassidiana fungus? Are you familiar with whether or not we can do that? Or maybe Andrea can answer the question. I would definitely explore that. Yeah, I think that's definitely worth looking into. Because if you're already doing some of the labor of spraying, you may yeah. as well contribute these practices. Because yeah. we're spraying once a month right now. So you think it's possible? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering, do you see this working in uh -uh soil? So what I what I've seen what I've seen with natural farming that's been interesting is that fungus dissolves rock. It dissolves rock minerals. Like that's what it's that's so when you're in rock, you're in really rich, good stuff. The key is to solubilize it at the right time for your plant to uptake it. And that's that's what the microorganisms help to do, is to solubilize it and make it available, dissolve that rock so it's not plant available. I love the part where you can stick the bar down 10 feet. <laughs> yeah, I would like I get only about one inch. <laughs> Could you elaborate a little bit on collecting the fungus? So the idea, again, being to get a, you want to get your magnet field into the biology of a forest. And so that same forest that you want it to be, you want to go and collect it out there. So um, the, the Korean method is to build a wood box to cook rice in a way that makes it conducive for the fungus and to culture it for a few days. And then you bring that rice in and mix it with sugar and then go on to that larger process where then you're bulking it up for you know acres of production. And the bulking does it have to be in the full sun? No, it, it, uh, uh, so you see this part behind? It's yes. actually covered over typically. This part was just pulled back. If you did this in the bare sun, it wouldn't work. And this part also keeps it from getting wet. So it's baking it under the tarp? No, you're not trying to bake it. You're just trying to keep it 
So could I do this in a partial shade under the maybe a row of canopy of trees? You'd want to keep if you can control the moisture. Okay. And this is a special part that lets wicks the um, water through and it's like really kind of deep composting part. In my practice at home where I'm doing one acre, I have a big pile that I'm turning by hand. Slightly laborious, but I just cover it with a big bed sheet. <clears throat> can uh, macadamia not husk be used as part of the medium in this process? Yep. Yeah, in, in the step, um, it, actually the magnet husk helps to facilitate the fungus and pushes your pile more fungus. So by what Chris has found is including wood chips and magnet husk in this bulking process up to like 25% of it coming that way. Um, can you uh, comment on the effects of pH on the soil uh, relationship to these compounds? Does Joe adjust pH? Please repeat the question. Okay, so, so the question is regarding to pH in the soil around the plant and is this tuned that way? Um, this, um, the way, if I, if I look at a soil sample right next to the root and it's aggregating certain types of bacteria, it's going to be a different pH than if I look further away. And the, the natural farming approach is a biological, looking at what's there versus looking at the, like, if I look at the pH of soil here where there's all this bacteria, what I'm going to find is it's anaerobic. There's, you know, in my case, alkalmacula would be acidic. It'd be almost approaching aluminum toxicity. But that's because the soil is is completely compacted and, and there's no light and there's nothing in there. But as I start to come into that soil and I start to add, um, like mulch to it um, and IMOs, then it has food and, and housing for it, and very quickly the pH is going to, to shift where that biology is to, to then um, make the elements soluble the way they want to be solubilized. So the biology is going to um, dictate pH. Because the, the pH I, I find if I sample the root zone is going to be different than here, then different than there, then different than there, in very minute quantities. <coughs> It's the biology that's dictating what. Um, Did I answer that question? I think so. <laughs> we'll have to move on to about 10 minutes late here. So yeah. let's, let's Can Where are you located again? Um, Hope Okay. okay.